Hello, my name is Aviva, and I will be having a conversation with Violet for the New York City Trans Oral History Project in collaboration with the New York Public Library's Community Oral History Project. This is an oral history project centered on the experiences of trans-identifying people. It's May 10, 2019, and it's being recorded in my apartment on Broom Street. Hi. Hey, how's it going? How's it going? It's good. Yeah. Um, um, we could jump into something really intense, um, but maybe it's not that intense, so maybe yeah, we let's could do it. just... Okay. Yeah. Well, we're just signing names, and I was wondering why or how you are choosing your name these days. Uh, well, I would say that it's, like, honestly, situational, um, I think is, like, the simple answer to that. The complicated answer is that, like, uh, I think in, in, like, the process of, like, transitioning and, like, whatever, finding yourself, you are, like, obviously, like, there's a lot of almost, like, reinvention that happens, and I don't think that process ever really ends, um, and so, like, you know, sometimes I feel like this one name would be better suited for one place and one another name would be better suited for another place. Totally. I'm like, uh, you know, like like I, I'm a friend and a family member and I uh, work at a job, a variety of jobs, and I'm also like a musician and a performer and like a friend. And like sometimes, you know, like I'm a lover or a traveler or whoever. And, you know, it's like... Sometimes you, like, we get caught up when, like, with, like, transness, I feel like, where, it, like, a, a lot of it almost, like, feels like an, an act, um, uh, or just, no, not in transness, but in, in, in presenting, and so I feel like with names, it's like, well, let's, like, dive into, like, the act, the performance, the presentation, you know, mm. um, and yeah um i think yeah that's why i like there's also there's also like there's also like a level of subterfuge i think like if i meet a stranger i might not want them to know like who i really am or like my name you know and that's almost like you know if i meet a man on the street or like a man comes up to you on the street and like ask your name or whatever you know it's like uh, uh you know you never know totally yeah um uh, yeah. but names are i have like five names now and is there one that you want to be called for this interview or are you well i was fluctuating between like uh like violet which i think is just sort of like a casual like nickname of sorts that a lot of my friends call me and it's very informal and then uh celis which is c-e-l-e-s which is like what i like um perform on which i perform and like dj under and also like uh I don't know, that sort of, like, um, like highest ethereal being of, like, myself. Um, is that what that means, Celis? No, Celis is, uh, I guess, like, short for celestial or mm -hmm. celeste, which is the same etymology. Um, uh, it's also, like, a Final Fantasy character. Um, and in the Final Fantasy VI, she has, like, this really beautiful, uh, like, solo song. Um and that has like a really beautiful melody and so like i like when i was making music in like a certain way i like adopted that and then i kind of stuck and then also like uh, uh final fantasy is a video game in case that wasn't clear yeah um, um 
so I adopted that and it kind of stuck and sort of like, um, yeah, I don't know. There's layers to it. Though, uh, I, I, it doesn't, it's not like a full, it's not like a full match. It's more of an adaptation because the character in the video game is blonde and I'm a brunette or like a redhead on the best days. Um, and yeah. Um, and what kind of music do you make? I make, um, sort of ambient, like, and experimental compositions, primarily for, like, piano and organ. Um, and I make, like, also make, like, kind of trancey, like, techno, um, that I'm still figuring out how to do. When I DJ, I, I play a, a variety of different stuff, but it's usually, like, very fast, chaotic, trance music or like slower like ethereal like ambient stuff mm. a lot of layers i like layers in music um were you trained classically how did you learn these i uh pretty much was trained from pian- on piano from a very young age and then when i was about uh became a teenager i switched over to guitar and i played predominantly like um blues uh and like rock guitar as like um like publicly and then I would make like noise and uh just I guess like like atonal ish stuff but without any a lot of like atonal composition or whatever has like you know it's written down has like a lot of theory um theory or like rejection of theory but like it still grapples with like a traditional framework or whatever and I wasn't doing any of that I was just like you know like seeing what crazy things I could make my guitar sound like. Um, Who were you listening to then? Like, were there other models that you... Uh, I honestly... I was listening to a lot of black metal, um, which, like, uh, very, like, like, violent fascist politics of that aside, like, sonically and aesthetically, it, it like, really is to me like um an alignment of like trance um and sort of like trance or like transcendence in like sound and then um also like dissonance and like space and sadness um i was like really like suicidal uh for like between the ages of like I don't even know when it started, but up and pretty much up until I was like 19 or 20 and it was like really strongest in like the last couple of years of high school. Um, and yeah, I don't know the, the something about like dissonant music or music that was, uh, like, like void feeling was like really great. And there was, a, there was a lot of, there was a lot of like, like techno and, uh, um, like minimalist electronic music that I was also listening to at the time. Um, uh, but yeah, but, but like in relation to guitar, like black metal was like the easiest comparison. Um, yeah. And would you say there's like a certain politics within the techno scene or the, like the scene that you DJ in now that you, you like, or like you feel aligned with or what are the certain, like, yeah, I mean, I would say like there is in, in, in New York in like, there's like a community centered around uh, Brooklyn and like Bushwick and sort of like this. Uh, um, I guess like 
gentrified like zone um or like gentrifying zone and it's like a mix between like um locals and transplants uh women people of color uh queer people trans people homosexuals um and i would say that there is it's not i mean it's not i wouldn't say it's like a a political force or like movement but there are politics i think associated with a lot of a lot of uh the people who are making music a lot of that is uh certainly like identity based um a lot of it is like class and financial based a lot of it is like rhyming i think like a wave of like contemporary wokeness and in like the best instances of that it like rides it like it like runs parallel to it but like rejects i think a lot of the sort of neoliberal connotations that it has and it's like yeah um you know like we it, it's not necessarily about success as much as it's about like survival and being there for one another you know um which uh i think is like really great i don't think that happens like that's that's not like the majority of what happens in like this quote-unquote like scene um and it's also like not uh um Yeah, it's not it's not the majority, and that's that's like kind of upsetting. But it when it um, when you do have that happening, when you do have like this sort of like we're doing this like for the community or whatever, then that feels really good. It's hard because there's like you know like space is so limited and so expensive, and you can't. It's hard to like have a gathering in a place that isn't like some venue owned by like a white guy with a beard who like has had maybe a problematic history with like. Uh, um property in like you know neo-gentrifying zones or whatever like uh they're like full autonomy is like not necessarily a thing um uh in new york at least uh and have you experienced music scenes in other cities that have been like safe like fully autonomous i have not i have not seen that i think that um, there were ideas of that that I hear about and it's almost like in yesteryear um, uh, but I think like after Ghost Ship like literally so much like a lot of stuff like crushed um, and like got shut down and like where people got you know just like left and because they were like yeah like our friends died so like yeah um, yeah. yeah really uh, sad um but yeah i haven't seen full autonomy in terms of music i have seen like very very autonomous spaces though communes in various parts of the world which i don't really want to talk about on record Mm. um but yeah and within this scene do you feel like held in your expression of your identity like how have you expressed it how have you I don't know come or evolved within it like where yeah where does that lie for you now um I think that that's like a possibly a tough question because there are definitely places where I was like 
I think actually, let me start over by saying like, I think in general, it's like discovering because transness is something that like, even today, I don't think is talked about in a way that is like welcoming and open and also like, um, uh, I would say like accurate. Um, and so set the good straight. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so like I, everything I learned about transness, I learned from like other trans people and they are not the ones who are like, um, for the most part, they are not the ones who are like, having large raves and like building like large music spaces for like people to exist in you know um and so like I think that I definitely did have sort of like transcendental like revelatory experiences like on the dance floor or whatever but at the same time like those were also coded in like uh I think like binaristic or like fetishistic expectations of like who I was as a person, who I was as, like, a trans person, and, um, there were definitely certain parties that, like, perpetuate, I think, both of those things, particularly the fetishistic aspect of it, of being trans, um, being trans, being, like, a hot young trans person makes you such, like, a commodity for attention in New York City, I think, because, like, not only is it, like, quote-unquote accepted and, like, open, but it's, like, something that's, strangely profitable but like also not really profitable in a way um well the person that profits from it isn't the person that's being exploited yeah 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 um so like there's this there's one um there's one techno party that's like kind of infamous and they've always uh allowed trans people to like get in for free you go up to the to the door person and you're like i'm trans and they'll like let you in um a lot of parties are kind of like that but like uh or like have a sort of system of that in place but this one was like um like the the guy who ran it who runs it like only told this instance to like certain trans people that like or whoever like he told he told it to me because like low-key he like wanted to fuck me and then like i went and there were like no other trans people there and i but it was like a good party so like i kept going um and then like they threw a party and like they wouldn't let this black girl in who because she wasn't like wearing the right dress code and um she they wouldn't let like her and her friends in and she like just like just like tore them apart like at the door and then like on social media and then it was like oh like trans people all trans people can come in like now it's like a like now it's an advertised thing almost to like have like accountability um of sorts um and uh not not just accountability but also to like add like a mis like a mystique to the party which markets itself as like this like queer you like techno utopia party when it's, you know, even still at the same time, it's mostly, like, white cis people and harnesses, like, you know, like, fist pumping it into, like, one another. Um, and, yeah, and so, like, like they are, like, the trans people are just, like, you know, uh, like, decorations almost. Um, Door policies have come up in a bunch of my discussions. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, I, like, that doesn't surprise me at all. They're, like, really strange 
uh, and fraught. Um, they, you know, I think I think a lot of a lot of people have been talking about recently the 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 lesbian party that has um, like that at at first had like a I think it still does actually um, like a gender door policy. You know, if you're like a straight guy, like you can't you pay like this amount of money and like da 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 da. Um, and yeah, I don't know. So I feel like people, probably people have been like talked with you about that. Um, that is like more or less fine with me. Like I get, I get why like, so essentially for the listeners out there, like the, it's like tiered where it's like, if you're, um, a lesbian or like femme identifying or non-binary or trans or GNC or, you know, whatever, like, uh, zone that you're in where you're essentially like not a cis male we're essentially not a cis male then you pay like five dollars if you're a gay cis male you pay ten dollars and if you pay and if you're a straight man then you pay like 75 dollars and it's like very like arbitrary because like well if like for instance like if you're like a trans man and you're like very passing which like a lot of trans guys are for like medical reasons um that or like they are because of like medical reasons and like i can talk about that later but like essentially like so you're like you're you're like a you're like a straight trans guy and you're like attracted to women and you like want to go to this like lesbian party because like it's like in some ways kind of your crew but also in some ways not but like you might meet a hot girl there and like I don't know. I love trans guys. I identify as like a, as like a lesbian. I might I'm probably almost predominantly like date women, um, um, of all fucking sorts. But I also like love trans guys. I I love men, but like the as well. But like the just like cis cis men in general are usually really fucking stupid. So I like can't deal. Um, but uh, anyway, um. Yeah, no, so this, like, door policy where it's, like, if you're a straight guy, you pay $75, but, like, you know, or, like, oh, I could pay $5 if I want to out myself as, like, trans or, like, I don't know, it's, yeah, no, it's, it's something complicated, and I guess I don't want to, like, yeah, talk about it. <laughs> we can, um, we can move on from the door policy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. And it's, like, also, it doesn't matter, because, like, people just want to have a good time at a party and, like, maybe make out with someone or, like, dance to music and, um... Totally. Yeah. And are there other communities that you're a part of in New York or that you feel kind of like you can explore other aspects of your identity with? Um, I would say that there's certainly like friend groups or like little sub scenes. Whatever. Or, you like know, whatever you that name like, or call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't, you know, like. I think community is like a strong, like overarching word, um, and like usually, like I feel like in my head, like connotes some sort of like uh, resource resource sharing obligation, um, which like for certainly occurs. Um, uh, I. Yeah, I don't know. I have circles of friends. I have, 
Yeah. I don't know. Did you like, should I talk about those? <laughs> you don't have to. It's just like, like maybe leading into like exploring other things that you're interested in or things that like you do yeah. here that mm. you feel like contribute to. Like, yeah, give me a second. Sure. Like, collect my Hello, we're back. All right, so I think well, you you asked me about. Sort of like other communities or like sub communities or whatever, and how they like feed into one another, and then we start talking about something else. And I, I think the two like can be related. So like essentially, um, how do I say this? That like, so like within like uh, whatever like techno like rave um, like community, there's like there's like another community like a sub community of friends that I have that are like, um, say like. M- like queer and whatever, but like very fey in a kind of way. Um, and talk about like uh like body modification and like um fursonas and like spirit animals. Um not not spirit what's animals. That, what's that second word you said? Fursona. Can you say a fursona that? is like um so in like um furry subcultures, quote unquote, um like a fursona is like the animal that you um sort of like associate yourself with and it's usually like um something you know like a fox or a dog or whatever and you know like with my friends it's like you know weird dragon creatures with like long furry tails or or mermaids or you know like whatever Um, do you have a persona i mean like no i mean like for the for a, a lot of like hardcore like furry like subcultures people that go to like cons and stuff and like fursuit or whatever they have like one thing or whatever but like for these other people and I, it's more like, oh, like, uh, um, I don't know, like, so, sort of, like, loose amalgamation. And that, that ties, it ties a lot into, like, uh, other kin and, like, various forms of, like, non-human, like, kinship or, like, identity. I'm using air quotes because it's, like, all very, like, um, nebulous. Uh, um and yeah uh it's funny it's really it's it's funny that like i originally was like eh, it's like they because the term other kin started in like uh um on like online like communities who were trying to distinguish themselves as like not being elf like elfkin like elfkin was like the predominant like uh f- form of like um like, being or, like, um, dialogue within, like, certain, like, fandom communities, and then people were, like, okay, well, so everything that's, like, not elf is, like, otherkin, and then now, like, otherkin is, like, a much larger thing that, like, elf is, like, a subset of, um, and, uh, like I said, it's, like, all really nebulous, and also, like, like, no one, no one is, like, fully, like, uh, I don't think, like, Oh yes, like I'm an elf. I like live in the woods and am three hundred years old and like fight with like a bow and arrow or like whatever. Um, 
connotations like that has also like our own contemporary connotations of like what an elf is or what like a vampire is or like any of these other like mystical like creatures they're all like very like culturally coded and like evolve like over time and so if even if any of these like things were real like mermaids or werewolves or elves or whatever the whatever um then like they are uh I lost my train of thought, but they're, then they then like our current like understanding of what they are are like like totally different. Like elves, for example, like ninety percent of the depictions that you see of elves in like contemporary culture is like from J.R.R. Tolkien's depictions of them in the Lord of the Rings, and his depiction was like heavily coded by English and Celtic like uh, fairy tales and like lore and, and stuff and that sort of thing. And in these communities. Community, sorry. Now I hear community. It's like, it's like, it's like in these groups, and, in these friend yeah. groups, um, is it is there a lot of like role play together, or is it more about exploring these personalities online? I think it's more. Um, well, a lot of it happens like I think through music, uh, and like people like making these music of like these different personas, which I think that's which I guess also like ties into the first thing I was saying about like names and like like fitting, yeah, like fitting a role. Um, uh, are there other personas that you have that you want to talk about? No. Okay. I mean, like, it's like it's like I like I said, they're all like slightly different, but they're all like the same, you know. Like, uh, um, yeah. I th- I think people explore it through their I don't know, like transness a lot, you know, like mm-hmm. they, they, uh, open themselves up like via transition to like a lot of different possibilities. Um, and in that way, it like kind of like goes beyond gender in like a very ethereal way. Um, and did you have access to this when you were younger? Was there ways that you were online or like reading that you were allowed to like fantasize? In this way? Mm, yes and no. I want to say no for the most part. And again, it's it's not necessarily something that I like. Yeah, maybe I do fantasize about it versus like not. But I was, well, my next thing that I was wanting to say, like doing it through transness is like through particularly like transsexuality and like medicalization and like body modification for sure you know like um people uh i think yeah like just explore like the malleability of like their body and like their being and how that like will can affect like themselves and whether they whether they do that fully through the lens of gender or through the the lens of like um I don't know, mystical creatures or whatnot. Like, I don't know. I think it's all pretty, I think it's all pretty cool and it's all pretty sick. Um, yeah, I mean, I have, I have um, a, a group of friends that is like this sort of like young, queer, nebulous creature, kin people. And then like another that are just like very hard transsexuals and like, you What's know. very hard name? Like, it was... Um, 
like almost to a point of like like bimbo bimboification like just 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 like they want we they we want to um like fully maximize like i guess like our ultimate potential of like femininity like through body um uh so like a lot of talk about like feminizing surgery and like da, 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 and like again it's 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 sort of like a like a tacit fascination but there are some girls who who are like who talk about this a lot and like they don't want to get their face chopped off or like they don't want to get like um you know like breasts breast augmentation or you know whatever but but it's like they they're still like focused or like talking about like uh you know like content or like um images or like again like fantasies of like you know like this uh heavily like uh like surgically augment augmented or like heavily medicalized like female um like body and know? what's your relationship to that my relationship to that is i have had a lot of uh class privilege that has allowed me to have like certain um uh, surgeries that have made my movement through everyday life easier um but anything uh after the fact of that is like pure is in my mind like pure luxury you know um like if i were to get like the perfect face or the perfect breasts or the perfect hips and ass like that would be like yeah like almost like an addendum to the fact that mm-hmm. like I have had like a couple a couple angles shaved off um and that has just like yeah made getting a job easier and like whatever um, and do you have like safety concerns when you leave your house and you're in New York at all um I would say no more than any other woman um but also sometimes that is like just like coded in yeah like transness uh and like more more than transness like fragile masculinity of like people around me um uh but also like i think that i think that no matter what i will like look like uh not like not like i don't want to use the word freak but i will look like a certain kind of outsider or like an individuated like person um like moving through any like normal like mass populated like hegemonic space or whatever uh just because like well like i i have had certain like augmentations to feminize like my face and my features but i've also had certain things to like augment my you know like otherness or like my famous or whatever Mm -hmm. and so like i will oh i will and i don't really want to change any of those and so like um yeah i feel like i feel like i will always attract a certain amount of attention um that I don't necessarily always like, but, like, uh, that I feel comfortable with when I'm at home, for the most part. 
uh, I live with my family, and so it's like, uh, my relationship with my family can be very fraught, and they definitely see me as like, not a pariah, but like, uh, you know, the special child, quote unquote. How many kids are in your family? It's me and my brother, and then there are two cousins that are sort of like surrogate daughters of my parents as well. Um, yeah, so, and then... And much have you lived in that house your whole life? No, I um, was born in Indiana, and then I moved... I was in Houston for a couple years, and San Francisco, Um I went to a boarding school in New Hampshire, and I, I've always really kind of had family here, though. And so now my mom lives here, and I live with her, and my brother currently. Yes. Family has always, always been moving about, um, even before I was born. Mm. And I think that I've, I've thought about a lot about, like, why that was, and in my, my mind, I have a very short answer for that, and that was because... They were both, my, both my parents are from immigrant families, immigrant families, and I think that... Where did they immigrate from? My dad's family's from Colombia, and my mom's from Argentina. Um, and even, even then, like, the, uh, like, their grandparents or whatever, you know, like, like, my, like, my mom's grandfather came from Italy like my grandmother's mother like came from France and like you know there was there's just there's just always been this like um like movement um how did they end up in Indiana or my dad's job Mm -hmm. you know he was working at um, sort of like a financial management place and was like on the ground floor and like uh yeah but that's the thing. It's like it was always like a chase of like opportunity or experience or, or whatever. Um, and I think going back generations, that's like kind of been, been the case. Uh, so, yeah, no, I moved around a lot when my whole life. I had the, almost seven years I've been in New York. It's the longest I've ever lived anywhere. Wow. Which is kind of crazy. Well, how um, does that feel to you? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. For a second, I was like, it's time to move and like go somewhere else. But at the same time, like, I don't really know where else I would go because I do have, there's such a, like, I can rag on New York a lot for being like a sort of like uh, evil capitalist place or whatever. But like, there's a very strong community of trans people. And I think just like, uh, like intelligent, like driven and creative, like outsider people which a lot of trans people are. Um, and I think that, you know, I can probably find that somewhere else after like a lot of digging. And But things are okay now, so yeah. And do you feel like your music is some, like how do you, dis- do you distribute your music or is it just played locally when you make it? Um, kind of both. I have an, I have like a, an album or like record out and then I have other stuff that's like on SoundCloud, but it, it's all really, I I try not to take it too seriously. 
Um, and does I know, your mom listen to it at all? Do you I don't know. I don't know, actually. Yeah. I've definitely... I know my dad does. Because um, he's, like, asked for my SoundCloud link or whatever. Is there um, any feedback or he just... I mean, if he asks for it, I know that he likes it. So, like, yeah. Um, uh, and I think most of that is that he's just, like, likes that I made it. Um, yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I don't know. There's like, I'm still figuring out like who exactly I am as a musician, as a musician, let alone as an artist. Um, so like, yeah, I'm just like figuring out like whatever distribution, like marketing of yourself, mm, branding, clout yeah. chasing, like, yeah. yeah. These are all very New York things, I think. It's here for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But as long as you're held by certain good friends, so. they can check you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I guess we can talk about it. Uh, there's a question that I asked that's on here that I don't know, maybe will resonate with you, but how do you see yourself in relation to other like social and political movements, especially now with like trans visibility being so like, hyper increased you know it's just like Mm -hmm. if there's something that you're connecting with or feeling a part of or um i would say that there's a lot of certainly a lot of politics that i find myself drawn to um a lot of them don't have to do with transness or trans visibility do you want to talk about any of them just Okay, yeah, no, I think that um, most, like, anti-imperial, anti-American empire, like, sentiments, I um, agree with a lot. Um, A lot of uh, socialized care and being I also agree with. Universal basic income is something that I agree with. Redirecting uh, our, like, technological infrastructure to be... um, Green is not necessarily, like, a strong word, but, like, uh, um, say, the climate conscious or something. I I don't even know if that is, like, the right term to use. Um, uh, I think that um, breaking up uh, social media monopolies is also um, uh, important on, like, um, from, like, a social and, like, mental health perspective. I believe... Uh, I'm idealistic about uh, um, like uh, inner city farming. Um, I am pro this is like a few years in the future but like um, conscious like civil rights for artificial intelligence and robots which is like very hard because there's certainly plenty of people in America who don't have like currently adequate like civil rights um and like social protections um i think that there's a lot of stuff to be done with um voter manipulation and um registration with i don't know like campaign finance or whatever but all of that is like tied into um like ideas of a democratic system that 
perhaps have like failed at this point or like drastically need to be restructured and like separated from capital uh you know ideally in a way like capital would end um uh, what would come to take its place i i don't know but like but like like the um an obsession an obsession with like constant like growth um and like acceleration at like the expense of people and the planet i you know like uh is a mess is is straight up a mess um and uh, sometimes i think about uh sort of that and the end of capital coming as like a result of like the of like its own acceleration um uh but i have like a very hard time like interacting with that morally um the with like the idea of like acceleration or whatever is that you sort of like lean into like uh capitalism and essentially like be as like <laughs> destructive as possible so that it will all one day collapse um and then like whoever is still living like can uh like rebuild the world from like the ashes that are there or whatever, you know and like that's uh a very uh bleak outlook and so i have a sometimes a hard time with like interacting with that uh, mindset um there is this book by Donna Haraway, who I like, Donna Haraway, I, I think it's great. Um, talk about like, inter- the way she talks about like interspecies relationships and like um, the mutability of the body, I think um, ties in very much with the stuff I was talking about with like my other quote unquote, like my kin friends or like my fae friends and like ways that like we're looking at uh, bodies and stuff. Um, but also she has this book recently out called uh, Staying with the Trouble that like talks about um, uh, essentially like thought processes of like being with the like cataclysmically like like violated world that like we're in now um, and how like after things sort of erode more um like how we will like function with that um it's her mind that like we are already in the we are already in um the process of going through like a great extinction and that will only like become more exacerbated as like um the climate degrades and like things go on and then like well like instead of using the world as like your resource like think of it as like your like i don't know friend or mo- like mother almost like guy or, or whatever and uh, uh mm-hmm. yeah i that's things like like that book gives me some like sort of abstract hope um totally it's holistic yeah so all oh, those are those are that was a long string of like That's things really politically that I am yeah. interested in. Um, I have one question, just personally. Sure. Could you just elaborate a little into civil rights for AI? I'm just I've never okay. heard of those two things together, so I'm just. Um. Well, it's essentially like if we replace the majority of the workforce with automation, um, and if that coincides with like artificial intelligence becoming like 
essentially sentient. Um, and how, I guess we would have to define what sent- sentience means then, though. Um, in terms of this discussion or just, like, in the broader sense? I guess in... Oh, just keep going. Okay. Yeah, okay. Well, it's, it's like, it's like well, then you essentially have, like, a workforce of, like, living, thinking beings. And just because that they are, like, um, dehumanized in a way or, like, disembodied or, like, metal or silicon or whatever. And, like, that doesn't mean that you don't get, uh, you know, like, that doesn't mean that doesn't, like, absolve you of, like, moral quandaries of, like, dealing with those, um like beings um and you know i feel like you already see like uh well like in like i feel like i think in like siri for example there's like there's there's built in like um responses to say like leading questions about like uh sexual harassment or like if you say something say like lewd and um like sexually violent to like um a lot of the contemporary like ai assistants then like they have um language and like defense mechanisms like built into like harbor against that um which shows that like there's already like um i guess like a need or a will for people to like uh abuse like their like disembodied helper um and obviously like our current ai infrastructure that like we're dealing with like is not anywhere near as like mm, i guess like strong in terms of like conscious functionality as like um humans are but I don't know. It's still like worrying. I, I, but it's, it's, it's like, it's like such a far flung thing in the future that like, I don't need, it's not necessarily like worth like stressing over or like talking about now. Like there's so many, there's so much more like to be done. Like what's an abstraction that helps shape the way that we treat things that already exist in space. With yeah. Stuff. No, okay, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's interesting. Well, um, is there anything else you feel like talking about or <laughs> where are you out? Um, I mean, I could, I could, I could, let me look at, take a look at these questions. Sure. We can pause. Okay. Hi, we're back. Um, yeah, so I guess just like to talk about in terms of politics from like a, uh, a quote unquote trans perspective. Um, it, in terms of, like, visibility, uh, which I think is, like, the main thing that, like, everyone is, like, talking about nowadays. Um, first of all, I would say that there's a lot of people who talk, like, a lot more succinctly about it than, like, I do. Um, but I think that uh, it's essentially, like, a lot of trans visibility um, does not necessarily conflate to, like, progress or safety. Um, I think like Miss Major said that like every single trans person is exactly as visible as like they need to be in order to survive. Um, 
because it's there is certainly the state of like the more visible you are like the more like violence you see from the world and you know there's a lot of people who um don't have the luxury of like hiding behind um their class or their race in ways that like certainly like you know upper middle class like white people like can um so i think that like whenever whenever you like a lot of trans like trans visibility in sort of like media or like popular culture is like essentially to show the world that like hi we exist you know um with the sort of like tacit expectation that like policy or acceptance will just like naturally come after the fact when that's uh i don't know in my mind like doesn't happen like just because like my coworker, for example like knows what that trans people are real and that like uh you know i exist or that like i'm trans doesn't mean that they're like not going to like accidentally misgender me once they want you know which like uh or that they're like not going to say like some like crazy fucked up thing about genitals that's totally like the, the whatever they saying is totally removed from like who i am or like you know i'm not involved in the conversation but like they are talking about it in a way that like clearly shows that they don't have like an understanding about like um uh binary or like bi- biology or whatever than in the ways that like a lot of trans people i think would um so yeah it's uh silly i think a lot mm-hmm. of the time because it also it like doesn't really serve anything um I also think if you look at the spaces where you see like the most visibility um i would i think are like in fashion which is like i do not count on the fashion industry to change shit about like not i don't expect the fashion industry to like change it's like uh like vile exploitative ways um to begin with and i don't expect them to do shit for the rest of the world uh you know um other than the fact that like now you get some like trans girls who like suddenly have you know resources and money because they're top models and you know they're whatever um and then you just have to like pray and trust that like these girls like use the money and like whatever influence that that gives them to like do something you know and i think i think that that's and what would that something look like i um uh, redistribution reparations um uh, coalition building like organizing of some way these are and then again these these are words that i'm using that like i that i like think about but also at the same time like i am not i am not i am not like an equipped organizer i am not uh um like a social activist or like a leader in in you know and by any means and so like i um i'm not necessarily like asking other people to do like that work for me but like, you know, I mean, if, if I was making $8,000 a month from fashion modeling, I would, I, I don't necessarily know what I would do, but redistribution and uh, reparations would be 
an easy, an easy, easy thing to do. Um, I think, you know, like I, uh, uh, I have a level of, um, one of the benefits of like my parents traveling a lot, um, in certain search of opportunity, quote unquote, is that I have, um, uh, a decent amount of like inherited wealth coming my way at some point within the next, you know, 30 to 40 years. Um, uh, and like, I know that I don't need that kind of money. And so I'm just like, well, everyone gets a face then like everyone, like, uh, um, just so that like, I don't know, like life gets like slightly easier for everyone. Um, that's, that's like lucky, (laughs) um, that I have that, uh, like resource to, to share and spend. And like, I, Yeah, I mean, like, like, I only hope that, like, the people who, like, also who are, like, accumulating that resource because of their transness, like, are able to, like, do the same thing, hopefully, um, because, yeah, I think some something, a political step that I think should be taken is, um, in healthcare, because I'm a firm believer, like, I mean, I've already mentioned that how, like, I'm a trans, like, in a group of, like, hard transsexuals, quote-unquote, like, people who, like, fully believe in, like, the medicalization and, like, the surgical processes of transition and, um, how, like, that will, like, change or alter their being, and, like, I, in, in my instance, like, that shit, like, did save my life, like, going on hormones, 100% saved my life, um, I would have, I would have probably like killed myself if like I didn't have that if I didn't have to re- if I didn't come to the realization that that was an option for me like that 100% would have happened by the time I was 30. Um and like I think that that making healthcare like more acceptable, more accepting for trans people um across the board and also like more affordable and that means like universal health care like that that that's like in terms of like policy and like activism that is like i think the number one thing blanketly about if you're talking like specifically just about trans people and um sort of gender non-conforming like people like that is like the number one thing because then it'll allow the people it'll will allow anyone whether they are um, you know, trans, non-binary, gender non-conforming in any way to like discover um, and learn a uh, process that will allow them to like exist safely and more safely in society. I think that there's a lot of a lot of other work to be done in terms of like prison abolition and like who is being targeted by the police, um, and that's specifically trans women of color. You know. Um, that goes and like types of um, political discussions about that go far beyond um, medicalization, but that there's like so many more intersections with that, that like aren't just about transness. Um, Right now I'm talking just about transness and how medicalization of that is like really important. But um, I mean like, but like, you know, while you're at it with like, you know, seemingly politically radical like ideas, even though like, I think in the rest of the world, universal healthcare isn't a radical idea, but here it is. Well, if we're going to be talking about radical ideas and like, yeah, let's talk about like, uh, um, 
uh, yeah, like prison abolition and the demilitarization of the police and, uh, you know, just maybe getting rid of police in general because police were started as an offshoot of, um, like mobs, uh, chasing runaway slaves. And so like, obviously like that lineage like carries over and that's why you see, um, like so much black death in, uh, at the hands of the police on like a wide spectacle level because it's like it's always been there and it's fucked up do you can you have these discussions with your family at all or does this just exist in your world around your friends um it exists in i have uh, i have these discussions with my family and by the end of them i'm always just like they're always just like, well, like, da, 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 like, I don't, like, I don't know, like, da, da, da. and I, they have, you know, the liberal mindset that they give me sort of like tacit agreement, um, but like, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to do anything about it. You know, I, you know, my parents are 50, my mother is 60 years old. My dad is 56. Uh, I don't know. I, I think this isn't an excuse, but like when you get older, you get tired. And you're just like... 56 for some people is not that old. But yeah, no, I get it. It depends no, on no, all these you, levels. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, well, like my my, my parents are, you know, I, I, as I have... I've already done a lot of like almost berating them with uh, ideas about gender. Yeah. Um, And now it's like, okay, like larger... Um, political and systemic things um, relating to like uh, like capitalism and like colonialism that like they I think are a little bit um, it's a little bit harder to like sway them on um, but I don't you know it's totally, like it's not, no. it's not it's it wasn't a question to ask if you were it just was if if that can be part of a discussion within the family. Yeah, it's it's with. part of a discussion. It's usually me speaking and then like maybe, uh, and, and them listening certainly, but like, I don't know if they are like, if they take it away and they think about it on their own, Yeah, you know? And that uh, that's a little upsetting to be honest. Um, but we keep trying. Um, and with my friends, uh, we have these discussions from time to time, but at the end of the day, like most of my friends are, have like a level of political knowledge um, that doesn't like, so it's just almost like we don't really need to have, we don't really, we don't need to go in like in depth about like whatever. It's, it's more like, oh, this happens and we look at it from like the same perspective, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, okay. Is there anything we should close with? Is there any kind of like idea, like any hope, (laughs) any hopeful thing we can wish for within that, um, that you're like looking forward to or that you see changing or that? I, not that things have done on hope, because I'm totally down with wherever we are. That's true. I mean, like, I mean, like, do I, I do I 
think things are changing, I think is like an interesting question. Um, and I don't know if I can answer that only because like, I'm so young, I think, which is like, which is like a really like funny paradox because like I was something that, something that like makes me hopeful is when I see like new kids like transition or whatever. Like I have a friend who like, literally like just started transitioning like six months ago or whatever and like I like spotted it from like a mile away you know like and I'm like da 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 and I feel like to some degree like an older or like wiser like friend to them but at the same time like I just said like I'm so young so I can't it's like it's like hard for me to like look at the I guess the whole like roadmap or or like the whole like timeline of like whatever contemporary like transition politics are because I just simply like I can't see if there's change because it's my experience with it has been so short and I'm just like so in it you know so that I can't like step back and look at it um but at the same time like I can still offer like wisdom and guidance yeah. uh, it's like a it's like a, a strange paradox that like um you know, I, I feel like a lot of trans people are, like, at once, like, really old and also, like, really young because, like, they're really old because, like, they've been through a lot and they've seen a lot and they've thought a lot about, like, really weird systemic shit that, like, they've had to, like, work through and break down in order to, like, transition or be queer or, like, do whatever, do whatever, like, the hell, whatever it is that they're doing. Um, uh, but at the same time, they're also, like, really young because, like, they you know, where they might have been in the closet or they might have been, like, very repressed for a while or they might have, you know, like, I, you know, I think that, like, my life essentially, like, really started when I transitioned, which was maybe six years ago. Maybe, probably less. How old are you then? Um, I was, I was, uh, 19 when my girlfriend painted, like, my ring finger, like, the nail on my ring finger, like, black, all right? Which, like, probably was, like, the beginning of, like, the spiral into, um, like, being a woman, essentially. Uh, um, so, yeah, that was six or seven years ago, you know? But, like, you know, there was, like, I wasn't really, I didn't, like, start hormones until like three or four years ago and that was when you know things became real in essence um uh so yeah no it's like it's like i also like i feel i feel like i have like a lot of wisdom and to share but i also feel like i'm experiencing things like a 14 year old girl you know mm -hmm. um so I don't know. It's cool. It's weird. There's like no roadmap. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Thank you.